back in the day when I lived in Chicago, there was a moment in about once a month that would haunt me. I'd be pulling up to a tollway and I'd need change. And I'd realize I haven't gotten my change ready yet. I'm looking everywhere for change. I need change. I'm digging in my cup holder. I'm digging in my glove compartment box. I'm looking on the floorboard. I need change. I need change. And today, guess what? We need change. That's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, mother, brother, sister, cousin, nephew, uncle. Hey, Garth Heckman, David Alliance, thanks for tuning in this Monday. You want to reach out to me, you can at tdagiantslayer at gmail.com. And we're brought to you by MingleMakeMary.com. If you're mingling, mating, dating, or marrying, make sure you check out MingleMakeMary.com. Some great information, swag, podcasts, etc. Now, it was a good weekend. Uh, Bears lost again. Yep. Send me your emails and your texts and your Facebook posts. I can take it. Anyway, anyway, let's move on, shall we? Today, thinking about all the people in my life who still haven't changed. They still have the same behavior. It gets a little old when people go, you know what I'm going to do? I need to do that. I'm going to... And you look at them like, this is the 10,000th time you've said that. And then it struck me. Maybe they don't know how to change the behavior. Look, when you look in scripture and you look at the word repent, repent is less of an emotional response and actually more of a practical response by what we see in scripture. Acts 3.19, and there are literally dozens and dozens of Bible verses on repent, but the word repent says, and then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And the word they repent in, in through the New Testament means to change one's mind or purpose or your behavior with an abhorrence to one's past. So it's just not a mental cognizant thing where you go, I'm going to repent. It means that you so hate your past and your behavior that you you abhor it. And you're like, I have to change. I have to, rep- I have to repent. So it's not just a spiritual response. It's actually... Uh, goes beyond an emotional response. It's actually changing one's mind and behavior. But what is the best way to change one's behavior? Well, repentance first. You know, cry out to God. Ask Him for forgiveness. Yes. But now what? What are some practical ways? I'll give you seven quick ones to think on and work on, and we're going to rip through these. Number one, pick one behavior that will change more than just your behavior. If you want to lose weight or work out, this changes many things, not just the behavior itself. You'll feel better, you'll be healthier, you'll boost your self-esteem, you'll look better, more energy. It might help you find that special person. It'll build self-discipline for other areas. So make sure your one behavior has many blessings tied to it. Number two, pick just one behavior you want to change. My clients who I train, many times they want to come in, they want to learn about the exercises, and then they want to know um, how many days they should train, and then they want to know what they should do on their days off to train, and then they want to know what diet they should do, and then they... And I say, no, all we're going to work on right now is just the behavior of showing up to the gym and training. That's it. We're not going to talk about diet or nutrition or how much water you should drink or what you're going to do in your days off. The CNS, your central nervous system, can only handle one major change at a time, so don't make it harder than it is. Three, make it measurable. Now, again, make the measuring stick easy to manage. If you're going to work out, don't build into that behavior, work out, lose 30 pounds, fit into that little black dress. 
Just make the behavior work out three times. Make it measurable, not complicated, or you'll give up. Number four, envision it before it happens. Yes, this is called faith, but envision you pushing through the days you want to give up. Envision the way you will feel when it happens. Envision the stories you will tell. Envision teaching others how you do it. As Viktor Frankl said, find your why. Live the whole experience before it ever happens. Whether it's getting out of debt, saving for a house, rebuilding a relationship, reading your Bible every day, see it, feel it, taste it. Number five, expect and plan for interruptions. It's called planning for chaos. It's normal. It's expected. It's life. So why would you not expect it? I've got a great question for you. Do you know why most people fail? They don't plan for it. They don't plan for failure. So they're they're going to fail because they don't plan for failure. It sounds really simple, right? But when was the last time you said, I'm going to change my behavior in this area, and you had all these steps and these goals, and you had ABC.123, and you got the new outfit, and you got the new, all these different things, but nowhere in your planning did you expect to fail? Well, that doesn't sound very faithful. No, but it's, it's wise. It's smart. You plan for distractions. You plan for failure and what you're going to do when it happens. Number six, activate mental peer pressure. What do I mean by that? Outward peer pressure is good. We have all felt that. We look, how are people thinking about me? What are people saying? But inner mental peer pressure is even better. It is the peer pressure that has not yet happened. So let me explain. I will never have an affair. You say, Garth, that's pretty arrogant. That's pretty cocky. But I'm telling you, I will never have an affair because of this deep mental peer pressure. I have a deep, deep seated mental peer pressure that I work on all the time. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 32 and 33. He who commits adultery lacks judgment. They're looked at as stupid and it destroys himself. Verse 33, wounds and dishonor will befall him and his reproach will never be wiped away. Look, there are people in my life and in my network who they've messed up greatly with adultery, pornography, and now they're that guy. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've never really liked these people to begin with. I love them, meaning I want what's best for them and God's desire and plan, but I don't like them. And I don't want to be like them. I have this deep inner peer pressure that I don't ever want to be looked at like these people. I, I don't like them and I don't ever want to be in the same camp. I don't ever want to be that guy. I don't want to carry a reproach that will never be wiped away. I never want to always be that guy. So I have this deep inner peer pressure to say, nope, not going to be that guy. Number seven, get a mentor. The best way to change your behavior is to hang around with those who already practice that behavior. Have you ever been a part of a Bible study? and you never read or do the Bible study until about mm, 45 minutes before you're supposed to go, that's okay. That's being around men that are positive mentors that make you do and make you change your behavior. Fastest, quickest way to change your behavior is to be around people who have that behavior. This is Garth Eckman, David Alliance. Keep slaying giants.